This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Hope you are doing well out there, no matter from where on the globe you are listening from. I truly appreciate that you find value in these conversations because I've got a cracker coming up for you. It features voodoo moonshine guitarist Jeff LaSoya. Now, the catalyst for the chat with Jeff comes about courtesy of the group's new album for 2022, titled Bottom of the Barrel, and it's a very early contender for Album of the Year. Certainly one of the best releases that I've heard thus far. I'm digging what these guys do. You'll hear their track in the moment. It's titled Locked and Loaded. Man, fans of no bullshit, hard rock and heavy metal are going to appreciate what Jeff and the lads in Moonshine, uh, Moon, Voodoo Moonshine, we'll get it out eventually, what they are bringing courtesy of this album. Now, before we get to the chat, I need to let you know that this is one of those conversations that was plagued by shitty internet connection issues, so you'll hear Jeff cut in and out. Do bear with it, though. A bit like the chat with Matt Pike from High on Fire and Sleep, Whilst the core quality might be low quality, the conversation is transverse to that. It is high quality. I hope you enjoyed this conversation featuring Jeff from Voodoo Moonshine. Before we get to the conversation, though, let's have a listen to Locked and Loaded.
Michael sent through Bottom of the Barrel, and that's the name of the new album from you guys, and it's out right now. Now, here's my take on it in uh, in, a, in a paragraph or less, okay? It's cracking metal-tinged southern rock with its roots in groups and artists like Ted Nugent, Skinner, White Snake, Skid Row, Lynch Mob, and a heap of other no-bullshit hard rock outfits that know that the almighty riff is the pillar of this style of music. So I understand the band's been on hiatus and it's roared back to life. So why resurrect the beast? Man, it was, it was an accident. I mean, I thought I was, I had done, I had finished this CD. I don't know. I thought, I thought about 10 years ago, I had another uh, singer over in England and we had completed it. And at the time I was uh, married and uh, she got ill. So I'm like, well, I'm done with the CD. I need to take care of her. And I just shelved it, you know, and uh, shelved it for seven years, eight years, something like that. And, um, you know, so I was just working multiple jobs and just, you know, trying to keep things going and, and uh, for her and, and everything. And I happened to check some some of our social media pages, and there was a uh, message from from a pretty well known an astronaut. He just you know basically left a message saying he dug us, and you know just be careful in the business for all the snakes, hmm. you know. And um, I thought, well, you know. Social media, man, it could be anybody pretending to be somebody, you know, I didn't think much of it. Yeah. Then a few days later, I got a message from um, Tesla's old uh, producer, uh, Steve Thompson. And I and and. He was working with this manager and I thought, man, this. This the scam, you know. And um, come to find out, you know, it was really those guys. And uh, he was interested in, in producing the CD. Um, I thought, well, shit, I guess I got to get the band back together, you know. Nice. So at that time, you know, with all those years that had passed, you know, I don't expect no one to wait around, you know. So those guys had moved on. Um you know, my, I think my drummer that was on the CD ended up joining Every Mother's Nightmare. And uh, Henry, the singer, I think he went to a band called Night by Night. Uh, I think he's a producer now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought, well, hell, I guess I got to get the band together. You know, I got to find new guys. And so I got, got online and ended up, you know, finding and, um, I just slowly went from there. I guess that's been uh, about three, three years ago, three years ago, three, now, three or four years, you know, but it was, it wasn't expected. I, I thought I was done. I thought I was retired. Just, you know, going to be a working bloke and just not do anything with it, you know, shelf it and be happy that I finished it. Um, so we ended up redoing it. Obviously that for Producer was way too expensive. Um, you know, he liked us, but not enough to, you know, kept me a huge break. Um, so we yeah. ended up getting Sean Shannon uh, 
to remix it and uh, do the vocal tracks. Uh, he's, he's the ex-drummer of Pat Travers and Molly Hatchet. Nice. And here we are. It, it all just kind of started up again, you know. Must be, must be fate, would you think? You think it's sound of fate in something in the stars? I guess so, man. I mean, obviously we have a business plan and a game plan, but it's not like when we were 18 where we're just trying to just bat it home and chase after everything and, you know, uh, not really think about what we're doing, just being desperate about it. Um, you know, we obviously have a good team around us and we make plans, but, you know, it's going to have to fall in our lap. You know what I mean? We're not, there's no desperation in it and it just seems to be working out good that way, you know, it helps too, you know I mean? Because there's a lot of disappointment in this business, um, you know, so if your expectations are pretty normal, it'll be okay. You know, everything that, that, you know, uh, we're not expecting, you know, triple platinum status next week. So anything, 10,000 plays, 20,000 plays, whatever, it's all good, you know? Mm. Um, and it's like starting over. I mean, because the first album was so long ago, you know, I, I can't even compare anything back then to now, you know? So it's like brand new band, you know, and it is, it's all new guys, you know? Yeah, well, okay, I'll tell you something else. The, the most prominent aspect that I enjoy about the album is that it sounds like you guys don't give a shit. You're just having a great time and the audience is coming along for the ride. Do you feel the same one? Yeah. At, at this age, you know, we're not 18 anymore. We're not 19. At this age, it's all self-serving. I mean, we obviously want people to like it. We want um, we want to grow our numbers, but we're not going to sit here and go, oh, grunge is big right now. So we're going to write grunge. We're going to write this. We're going to follow this. We're going to do. No, I, I mean, obviously we came from our, our growing up was in the 80s. You know, I like the 70s classic rock, you know, Pedro's into jazz type stuff. I mean. Uh, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but we're basically when I when I turn on a CD, I want to forget about the world's problems. I just want to enjoy that CD. And if it, regardless of, of what the subject matter is, I definitely don't want to get bombed out by listening to it. So you keep it simple, you know, sex, love and, and, and rock and roll. Those are things everybody you know can relate to. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's um, look something else about the the album too, and indeed the band these days is that you do have a unique sound in that the group. I feel like as though with this album, you could have taken the melodic route, but you've doubled down on the crunch factor. As I believe the album is, uh, let's certainly compare them to Metallica. Okay, the album to Metallica is certainly heavier than anything that they've released since and Justice. So. Is that just my perception or was it indeed a conscious thing to emphasize the heavy factor? It's not a conscious thing, man. I'm the guitar player, you know, I mean, I just, I want that thick sound. I want, uh, even on the ballads, I want that thick orchestrated sound. So even if it's just a simple ACDC type 
chord progression. I just want that thick sound. You know, originally we were a two-guitar band. That didn't last very long. I've tried it again this time. It didn't last long because, you know, especially at this age, you know, guys, there's only so much they want to do. So I've had to rely on the fact, well, hell, I'm a guitar player. I wrote this stuff, so I guess I can do it myself, you know. And although I recorded things with two guitar players in mind, I still knew that there was a possibility. So I made sure that I can pretty much do everything live also. Plus, Pedro plays guitar, and he will if he has to. But uh, yeah. I put a lot of money into the to the guitar rig, you know, in this in this last uh, last year, and um, so yeah, I don't I don't think we'll ever be doing anything like Metallica. Well, old Metallica, you know, you you mentioned Andrew Justice, yeah. which to me was that was Metallica. Anything after that, uh, it's to me, it's not the same. Um, but I, I grew up listening to kill them all and master and, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, that chugga, chugga, chugga guitar tone is, is real important with the melodic feel of, I don't know, like Tesla or, you know, the, the 80 band, the eighties bands that weren't just focused on the hair, they were actually focused on white snakes and, and things like that, you know, mm. bands like that. Yeah. Hey, with your guitar playing again, tell me about um, the ballads round and round and Eden in your eyes. So they're a bit different to the rest of the music uh, insofar as, yeah, they've got a more melodic, even a ballad-esque approach. So are they, uh, do you find it easy to write that sort of music or, again, is it something that just comes naturally? Well, ballads are easy to write. I mean, uh, um they, they've been always fairly easy for me to write. Uh, Eden in Your Eyes was probably the more complicated one. That that one I originally wrote, and it was on what I instrumental. And uh, then Henry, who I was working with back then, really liked it. I mean, he loved the song and he wanted to, you know, have lyrics to it. So wrote lyrics to it and and it just kind of ended up on this CD. Um, it's actually the first song that Pedro and I uh, recorded and did a video for. Um, on the CD, you'll get the orchestrated version, you know, with violin, viola, cello and all that. Uh, and the acoustic stripped down version that one, you know, that one I thought I did pretty well. That was the the I thought I I thought I had actually moved up in in progress of, of my ability to play and write. Um, nice. Round and round is I don't want to say a typical ballad, but it's structured like a typical ballad. You know, you got your catchy chorus, first bridge chorus, you know, pre-chorus, and then the ending chorus goes up a step, you know, uh, the typical Bon Jovi type uh, thing. I didn't sit down and write it that way, but I guess my influences and what I heard growing up, it, it worked out that way. But uh, yeah, ballads are super easy to write. Those are always the last ones, you know, because you can sit down. I write almost everything on acoustic guitar. 
Okay. My train of thought was, you know, if, if there's a guy, and I'm big from the singer-songwriter era, if two guys can sit down with an acoustic guitar and vocals and make someone really pay attention, then you know they're good. You know, not just the big amps and, you know, loud stuff going on. So I sat down and write it that way. And um, so when you play an acoustic, you always come up with melodic uh, ideas. And uh, that's that's how it came out, you know, just simple ballads. Mm, gotcha. And the other one that I enjoy, and possibly my favourite number on, this, on the album, is uh, What A Way To Go because of that killer southern blues jam vibe that you've given it. So was that all you made or was that uh, did you invite the guys in the band to contribute to the songwriting of that one as well? No, the 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 guitar trail, as I said, I, I finished that album. I finished this album musically in 2010. That song, I had gone back to Oklahoma in 2009 because my grandmother had got ill. And at that time, I think five or six, you know, loved ones passed away within like a two or three month period. So it was it was pretty rough. And um, yeah. I come up with that. So I did the, the solo album, which was all acoustic, and it was basically for the uh, the funerals and stuff for everybody. Uh, after I finished that, I was still in Oklahoma, and um, I was sitting on a, on a porch at a house, and there was a tornado going on. It was, it was really weird. I'm just sitting there going, oh, that's a big deal. You know, I'm sitting there watching, and I come up with that riff and that idea. And uh, that's how I come up with the title, What a Way to Go, you know, reflecting on everyone's life that had, you know, that I had lost. And then, you know, how to live life until it's time to go. Um, so I guess that played out and I didn't realize it that I was in Oklahoma, you know, land of flatland and, and, and country, you know, mm. so that's just how it came out. And, and that slide part was in my head. That song, you know, all the guys that I've had, you know, since that time, it's it's written so weird. I detune the song down, but then I capo it back up and everyone's like, what does what sense does that even make? And I'm like, I really don't know. It's just a tone to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but actually, that's that song is slated to be the next single, you know. So we'll okay. put that out in uh, probably April or May. Uh, we went ahead and did the video for it okay. uh, at the same time we did them, and uh, so that's that is the schedule. That one to me is the that was supposed to be the first single. You know, but yeah. then I got all the new guys in the band and they all had different ideas and then, you know, other business people. But uh, I wanted what a way to go. But uh, everyone had kind of wait on that. I, I think that 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 song kind of shows a little bit more musical maturity as opposed to swallow my pride, you know, or sometimes you just want to, you know, but uh, I, I really enjoyed playing that song. You want to just rock out, but occasionally you want to be a bit more sentimental like you are with that one there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was easily my number, but my favorite song on the album, but it was certainly the one that uh, that stood out. And the other one that I enjoy too is Locked and Loaded. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm not overly familiar, but is that the anthem of the United States there that you've got at the intro? Yeah. yeah. What was the yeah. decision? Yeah. Why did you put that there? <laughs> 
Well, because the U.S. and the world's kind of screwed up right now with, you know, with the COVID situation, lockdown situations, being told what we can can't do, you know, whether it's for health reasons or personal reasons, you know what I mean? We kind of uh, seen how, seen real fast how how much power everyone has, and and that we really don't seem to have as much power for ourselves as we thought we did. Um, we're not real political. We obviously not political in the music at all but uh none of us has, has been happy with the fact i mean who would have thought being a musician you got to start looking when you're going into a tour situation is that state locked down is that a red state blue state you know what i mean mm. we have to uh look at things like that and you know then the division of everything and everybody you know whether it's media based or whoever was doing it so we we put that in there you know locked and loaded is off the first cd and we redid it um and it just seemed fitting at the time because locked and loaded back in 2005 six whenever it was um you know that was the, one of the best playing songs we had at the time and um you know, so it, it it just seemed to work out. You know, we just felt that we need to put it there. Actually, that's our show intro. You know, nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's another cool song. Not, yeah, the song is not the show intro, but the 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 national anthem is going into it. Uh, a certain way we do it. No, good on you. It's good to show some national pride. I mean, look, these days the political climate is best summarised as toxic, and that's being nice because yep. the left, the left wing, they've just taken control of media narratives, big tech, yep. and we're seeing the cancellation and demonisation of anyone prominent, such as Joe Rogan. They're trying to bloody cancel him at the moment. And um, anybody that doesn't fit into that that progressive woke narrative, you're in a lot of trouble at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone opposes the narrative, then, you know, it's the whole cancel culture right now. And um, it's kind of bullshit. You know, I mean, it's what we're living, you know, so we definitely want to try to make music to make people just forget about it, even for 45 minutes, listening to the CD, you know, or an hour at the show. Um, but I don't like the fact that uh, they kind of control whether we can play a show or not. And if people have to wear masks in a crowd or if we have to have plexiglass in front of us, I mean, it's just this, these last couple of years kind of really showed how much power that uh, they have over us. And, um, you know, it's, it is, as you said, very toxic, you know, and, and it's to the point where one throws tantrums. If you just don't agree with them, it's just, you know, we're going to cancel you, you know, and it's, it, it just blew my mind the way everything kind of rolled out, you know? Well, I think outside of the state of New York and California, Australia is probably, Australia is I mean, as bad as the state of New York and California, possibly worse in some instances. Um, we've only just had our borders, borders opened in Queensland, the state of Queensland here, which sort of resembles Florida a bit, just to give you an idea of what we're like as people, mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, but we've got a, a left-wing government in power and, uh, of course, they tend to appeal to the mask mandates, the lockdowns and all of that sort of stuff. But I'm with you, mate. I, I just never thought we would end up at this point that we're in and we give up our freedoms as easily as what we have to what effectively amounts to unelected officials, bureaucrats, and I certainly didn't vote for the current the current government that's in power so i truly resent being told to do what we're being told to do at the moment 
Yeah, my my parents had a hard time telling me what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't like my parents telling me what to do, much less strangers. Yeah, I just I, I don't understand. I don't know what happened. I mean, I think I think a lot of Americans have got a different idea about Australia, and that we uh, because we gave up guns or what have you. We've, we never really had a gun culture here. You see, we've always had a very healthy cynicism toward government. So I, I don't I don't know what's happened to us in the last sort of uh, two years or so. But here we are. And and on that note, mate, I, I've got to ask: Have you had any lot of, a lot of contact from fans of your music from Australia? No, not really. You know, and, and you're saying you don't know what Americans think about Australia. We're only going to think what we're shown. So we don't really know, you know, because you know how the media controls what you see and what goes in and what comes out. And, you know, from what we heard, it's pretty rough in Australia. Um, no, we, we haven't. Uh, I think maybe we have. I think we did have one interview, uh, you know, sometime last year. Um, in Australia, but not a whole lot of activity out there, man. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, because you, you, your music, if given the opportunity, would appeal to Australians because there's no doubt there's a quorum of hard, hardcore rock and roll fans down here that would love your music. Well, I appreciate you at least giving us a little bit of stretch out there, you know, a little bit of reach. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. No, it's cool. I mean, it's as I say, Michael sent through the stuff. I get sent through so much material. And I try to give everything at least 20 seconds. It's, you know, I mean, God, how much time have you got sort of thing? But yours, I definitely gave a lot more and thought, wow. And it all comes back down to what I said up top there about having that, definitely a rock band. You're not a metal band. You're a rock band and you're definitely a rock guitar player, but you've got that metallic crunch going on. And I certainly know listeners to my podcast appreciate that sort of music. Yeah, you know, uh, Rise Free was the last song that we put on, the last song we recorded. Um, And it originally was called Chain Reaction, but the the lyrics were 280s, you know. So uh, um, Pedro rewrote them, and, and it was right around the time all this Lockdown, COVID, you know, the election was stolen, blah, blah, blah. So that's what Rise Down or Rise Up is about. So if you ever get a chance, just listen to the words of that. Um, you know, that is probably our heavier song off the CD. You know, that up tempo, heavy, just in your face rock and roll, you know. Nice. Okay. Definitely check that out then. I'll encourage everybody to check that out. Now, final uh, question for you would be, uh, if people want to buy your merch, if people want to buy the CD, where do they go to do that? I'll buy direct. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, well, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, we're with Dark Star now. You can get our, our shit on Amazon, you know, Google. You can get it online. Buy direct, you know, I mean, because Spotify, all those, you know, everyone's making money off of us. Um, as far as our merch line, our, our T-shirts, bandanas, our, you know, stickers, posters, pictures, go to voodoomoonshinerocks.com and buy direct. I mean, you know, one thing we've learned, you know, about being older and wiser now is, you know, 
We, we, I bought the machine to do the merchandise. It has saved so much money. Our profit margin so, so much better. You know, you, you don't have to go online. You can buy direct and, and, you know, I know for a fact that it will be handled correctly. You know, you will get the right stuff. Um, but you can find us on all, all social media sites, streaming, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Google Play, Amazon, Apple, all that stuff. But uh, by direct, <laughs> go to Voodoo Moonshine Rocks and, and get the CD. Definitely get the CD. I'm actually going to get the CD. Yeah, I'm getting back into CDs at the moment, actually. I just like to have the physical product and read the liner notes and that sort of thing. So I think yeah. delivered to Australia, right. it was only 28 bucks or something. So, yeah. I, I made it. You know, and that's another thing about being older and never knowing in this business. I made it, you know, uh, now you can get everything online. And most people, most kids, you know, they download a song and know nothing about it. They just like the song and that's it. I'm old. So, you know, we did a 16 page booklet, all the lyrics, all the credits, who, who did this and, you know, where it was recorded. Because when I was young, man, that's what you bought it for. I would yeah. every Friday, if not more, go to a record store to buy something, even if they, they, even if I didn't know who they were, but they had a, a badass looking cover, yeah. you know, <laughs> or they looked cool. I bought it, you know. Yeah. And um, so you spend a lot of time on on getting that disc done right you know so it's it's like 16 pages it's a booklet you know and uh i just hope everyone else out there you know wants that too you know because in the in the last year we've done limited edition versions of it with different covers and stuff like that because i am a fan of the artwork of of all these things um and we'll continue to do that um We'll release extended versions of things, but this CD, you know, it's been a work, a cheap ass version of, you know, Guns and Roses 10 years, you know. <laughs> so I made sure that I did everything and put everything in there that we wanted, you know. So, yeah, we'll, you, you just get a copy and let us know what you think, man. Well, I love the music. Thanks for doing what you're doing, mate. Uh, it is meaningful. Playing hard rock and roll is uh, something that is the uh, cure for what ails you, mate. It might not put money in the bank. It might not put alcohol in the belly or pizza in the belly or what have you, mate, but it does everything else as far as I'm concerned. So thank you for doing that, mate, and um, thanks so much for the conversation too. I appreciate it. Thank you too, mate. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, brother. Well, um, all good. Enjoy the rest of the day, and again, thanks very much. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Cheers. Jeff LaSoya, ladies and gentlemen, from the killer outfit from the United States titled Voodoo Moonshine. I enjoyed that chat as I do so many, all of them, as a matter of fact. Put it this way, if it goes to where I've enjoyed the conversation and I hope you do too. What else can I tell you? The book is Almost out, 20th of February 2022, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. Go to my website, scarsandguitars.com, and you can pre-order. If you're listening to this after February 20, 2022, go and get yourself some conversations from over... How many bands are there? There's over over 50 bands featuring over 90, 90 musicians. So if you like what I do on the show and you want the 
reading accompaniment. There it is. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.